right, so we are live on LinkedIn this beautiful January 6, 2021. So 2021, this is supposed to be the big year. This is supposed to be the year that uh, we go back to normal, and it hasn't really uh, been shaping up that way yet, but it's only the 6th. I've got V with me, V Caron, or as our uh, U.S. neighbors say, V Caron. V, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Tony? I'm fine. I'm fine. I remember that someone was talking to me about you, and it was like an official meeting. I think it was a something anyway. Um, and they were saying uh, Ms. Caron. Yeah. And I'm like, who Who are they talking about? Who's Ms. Caron? <laughs> and then it clicked to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're talking about V. Caron. That's me. So, so V is short for uh, Virginie. Virginie, yeah. Virginie. Do you find that, that people who are not French have a hard time pronouncing Virginie? Is that why uh, we shortened your name? <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Just to make it easy for everyone, V is the way to go. And okay. since, the, I mean, it's been about 15 years anyways that everyone calls me V. So it's kind of my name. Uh, okay, so it wasn't simply PHP who uh, decided to shorten your name because we're known yeah. to do that from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I lived in Australia for a long time, so for them to pronounce my name was impossible. So I made the mission a little bit easier and okay. shortened my name. When, uh, how many years were you uh, living in Australia, and, and what age were you? I was, uh, it, it, I was there from 2011 to 2018, so that was uh, seven okay. years, and yeah, oh, between 21 and uh, 21 and 28 years old, I was living over there. Okay, you were there for seven years, and were you in, what type of uh, work were you doing there? Were you in school? Like, what's... Uh, what, yeah, what's so I was studying business um, over there, and I was doing special projects for a recruitment agency, so anything that was related to, like, admin, but also I, I was the CEO's right hand, and I was um, also doing all the IT special projects over there, helping out with operations. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, so that was, I was there for a solid uh, two, three years. I can't remember. Then after I did some business process, um, everything was related in IT there as well. And uh, here I am. Nice. Did you go there um, with your parents or, or did you go there on your own? I went there on my own, never took a plane, didn't speak English, and didn't yeah. Didn't speak English? What? Really? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. So it was just, wow. it was a big first. Everything I was doing was a big first for me. So It's amazing uh, that you don't have a, an Australian accent. I did. The you first did. year, okay. yeah, the first year <laughs> it was so thick my australian accent and even my mother i remember she was like i'm scared you won't find a job because you don't sound north american when you speak english oh, but yeah. uh i guess you know being back uh, in canada the north america north american slash french canadian uh, english has uh, is now how i sound i hope okay that's great that's fantastic uh everyone just so you know so kyler is um working from home so he's managing this from home. That's why I have my phone here in case there's anything he's going to um, he's going to send me a message. Um, Raph is here in the office with me, my business partner, and V is also uh, working from home. 
Hera. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to lead me to, and I know I want to, I really want to talk about how we, how we pull off treating our clients like family. But I also, before we get into that, and this is a, a, like all of our live podcasts, it's completely unscripted. And V, you can confirm that you and I did not have any conversations before this podcast. Um, because we just, we're just honest, we're genuine, and we tell the truth. So it's not, it's, it's not difficult to, to prepare for these because we just, you know, we just talk. So now we are in the city of Montreal, and you're in Montreal as well. Uh, we are in complete lockdown, um, except for essential services. Uh, I come to the office a few times a week to get the mail, you know, pick up any checks, bring them to the bank. So you've been pretty much fully remote since March 2020. I think there was a time during the summer when things opened up and you actually came to the office. Um, but how are things going now? How, how are how are you how are you doing managing everyone who's all working remotely and you're working remotely as well? How are how's everything going? Everything's going great, um, to be honest. So um, one of the things that we identified in the first lockdown is that it was a little bit harder for us to talk to one another. So we have implemented some daily stand-ups with everyone. That way, you know, we keep in touch and we're not strangers to one another. So when, and that also helps with, you know, keeping updated with all of our projects. And yeah, so we do this across the entire company and everything is going, it's going much, much, much more smoother than the first time around. Yeah, I remember uh, March and April were particularly rough, not really from a um, programming part because the developers seemed to, you know, hit the ground running. Um, but I think it was rough for management, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. We had some, we, we had some difficulties for sure. And um, so now let's say if there's 40 developers in the company, I think there might be a little more now, but it, we'll, we'll use a round number of 40. You, you're, you're not saying that you, you talk to every single developer every single day, correct? So how do you, how do you work that out? So uh, I actually um, have uh, Ryan that is now working with me in the project management team. So that's super exciting. So and yeah. as we're growing, yes, I was not able to to talk to uh, 40 developers in one day. That's not you know realistic. So let's say there's a, that there's about 15 people that uh, those projects you know they are all staff augmentations and are you know part of other development teams. So we don't you know really touch base with them that often. But everyone that is project based and have a direct you know communication with clients yes we do try to talk to them every day so what we do is that you know we pair them all together in a scrum so let's say if there are three guys working on the same team or two guys are working on the same project and another one is working on some part of that project we will meet them at the same time and where we will alloc allocate them roughly you know 15 minutes so you know we can talk all together and then align for the day and make sure that everyone knows, you know, what's on their plate. And that helps us with organizing and that helps us with transparency as well with our clients because they know exactly what we're working on. Um, nice. Yeah. Do, so do, do the clients participate in, in that meeting? 
No, so uh, they will not. It's more internal just for us, you know, as I mentioned, just to touch base, how's everyone feeling? And, you know, we go with, you know, small housekeeping. And then after we, we tackle business and tackle the projects, uh, we will talk to clients depending on the frequency, sometimes twice or once a week. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, I guess clients are... I are quite open to having these meetings, right? Do you ever have a client that is saying, well, listen, I don't want to be bothered. Call me like in a couple of weeks type of thing. Or is everyone sort of hands-on on, on the client side? I would say that uh, we do have clients that are like, just call me when the feature is done type of deal. Okay. But I would say that 97% of our clients really do appreciate being involved in the process because they really do appreciate seeing their products grow. They love seeing new features. They love to understand what they love to have this, you know, technical understanding as to what's going on. Um, sometimes, you know, in a project, uh, clients just to start with will you know will want to meet with us every day just to get us up and running because there's a lot of business logic uh, and small details that uh, is super important to um for the for the devs to know and you know when you kind of just talk about a certain part of the system it doesn't come organically so the more conversation that we have the more business logics and details that and we can make those connections together but then after, I would say that with majority of our clients, we only meet them with them once a week or twice a week. And those are kind of the recap of um, the recap of um, what we talk about um, every day in our scrums. Okay, nice. Hang on, I have a question here. Let me see if I should. Uh, um, okay, that, that's a good family question. So. So that's good. That's good to know, um, because I was uh, I was wondering how how the remote thing was going. Like I said, I, I, f I find a lot of programmers uh, and sysadmins they're they're so used to working from home. I guess a lot of times prior to coming to Simply PHP, they used to work from home or they have you know projects at night that type of thing. So it was more of a shock to us in March and April. <laughs> that everyone was working from home and not at the office, so I'm I'm glad to see and I and I and I know that things are going well because you know I, I get less complaints right and and that's the thing and I guess that'll transition me to the treating clients as family segment because I know that um, V you might you might not know this but in our 11 year uh, history I've had a lot of clients that were friends, neighbors, family members, uh, extended family members. Um, and I always had a little bit of um, nervousness when it came to dealing with, with neighbors and friends and family because I would always say, well, listen, we really got to make sure that we please them because I'm going <laughs> to be seeing them for the rest of my life, right? Um, so I didn't want, I, I didn't ever want to ruin a family relationship or ruin, um, a, uh, a friend relationship, um, because of not producing properly or, or not communicating properly with them. So I was always on guard when it came to a family member or a friend, because by the way, I really felt flattered that, 
that friends and family would reach out to me when they had re uh, web needs. You know, I had one one of my uh, good friends, a neighbor, who had um, you know, three or four car dealerships that that gave us tremendous amount of business. And I always there was always that little asterisk beside their project. But then I realized that you know I should act that way for all of our clients, um, not just friends and family. And so this was kind of something that was a turning point for me personally um, because anytime a client, whether I've never even met them before or whether they're close friends, anytime a client is unhappy, I get this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I think that you have, you have the same type of vibe, I find. So um, how, how does it affect you when, when a client is not happy? Um, let's start with that. Like, what what are what are the steps? What are the steps you take to make sure that a client is always happy and you treat them like they're a member of your family? Well, that's a very good question uh, because it's always been very important to me to be extremely genuine and honest and transparent in any area of my life. And I'm an open book. So, <laughs> and when, a, if a client is unhappy, I will be touched uh, because it's like my best friend, my husband, my mother, that would tell me that they're not happy with something. So my mm -hmm. first instinct is, okay, let's really break down what is the root cause of how you feel and let's try to find a solution. Um, and I am always, you know, ready to go above and beyond to make sure that we can go back to have, you know, a good and happy relationship. So, yes, I do feel extremely touched and I do feel a lot of empathy towards my clients that do feel a little bit frustrated with something because I always mm. put myself in their shoes as well. <laughs> So this is probably the first thing that I that I that I do is how would I feel if that would happen to me? And that leads to how would I like to be treated following that? Nice. Um, so to make sure to to answer the second part of your question, to answer that, you know, they're all to keep them happy, I believe is communication. Um, yeah. I really dislike leaving my clients in the dark because again, if I would be left in the dark, especially in a web project that, you know, I would say that the majority of our clients don't have a technical knowledge, it makes them even a little bit there, you know, even to start with, there are, you know, they don't have that knowledge. So they, I don't want them to feel left out. So that's why it's important for me to, because I am not a developer. I, you know, everything I, I know in tech is things that I've learned throughout the years in my career. So that's why it's very easy for me to put myself in their shoes too. So when I receive that technical knowledge, I translate it and, you know, share that information to our clients. So I believe that with keeping those daily communications, bi-weekly communication, weekly communications, emails even, really does help our clients to know what's happening. And I believe that it does keep them happy. 
because I, and that's something that you know I set uh, I set expectations right from a project as well, and I align with them and I tell them you know if you are unhappy with something, please don't wait too long before telling me. I don't want it to wait for too long. You know, let's before it becomes a problem, let's discuss it. So that that way it's always easier to keep our clients happy too. Yeah, that's 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 a great answer. Totally true. Um, no one, you know, no one would want to come to work every day and deal with clients who are unhappy. Um, you know, some some companies actually do that because they have no choice. Um, you know, they just got to get the invoices out there. They gotta they gotta you know generate revenue from their services, uh, no matter what. Um, but I find with us, you know. Um, it, it's not it's not the invoice at the end of the week or the end of the month that's important. It's you know it, it comes to a point when you're when you're at a certain size of company that it's it's not the invoice that's important. It's the it's the client's happiness that's important, mm -hmm. and setting the expectation with communication is huge. But I think it also has a ripple effect, and I, I'm sorry I keep checking my phone. I'm, I'm not being rude. It's just because Kyler's not in the office, so if there's any comments or questions, he's just texting me. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a question from um, Raiko. Uh, Raiko asks, or is that Rico? Uh, it's probably Raiko. So Raiko asks, how do you manage the client-to-employee relationship with both of them being treated like family? Oh, love that. And that's kind of what I was going to say. The ripple effect mm -hmm. is by having a happy client, you have a happy developer mm -hmm. or a happy employee. Is that, is that so true? It is so true because we're all human beings, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and it's been proven that we work better when we are surrounded by positive and that we live and breathe in a, with a positive attitude. And this is my mantra. <laughs> so it's yeah. always, you know, I want to sprinkle sunshine everywhere. I want, it's super important to have, because it starts with the client, yes, but it's our devs and our designers that are executing. And we have to make sure that everyone is, is happy in order to you know produce quality and you know make sure that we meet our deadlines and and all of the business stuff but mm -hmm. it's much more pleasant for anyone to work when you know everyone's happy that's totally true because you can if you have a client with the wrong expectation because he or she was given the wrong expectation and the you know, sysadmin or, or developer or designer, I had to throw a sysadmin in there, um, <laughs> is, is doing a fantastic job. But if the expectation is not set properly, then the client could still not be happy. Yeah. So, for example, if the client's expectation is something is going to be done in a, in a couple of months and then six, seven months later, um, everyone's still working at it, you know, the client's employees as well as us, then the client's not going to be happy no matter how good of a job everyone's doing. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a fine line that you you have to walk and you have to really um, call, call out things that are not working on the spot, right? On the spot. You can't, we can't let things accumulate. We can't push things under the carpet. 
because um, we know eventually, um, you know, it's th the client's going to end up come calling and and things are going to not end well. Um, but how do you, so how do you deal with, now I, I know you're a very outgoing, energetic uh, person. You're a great motivator. So how do you, how do you keep, let's say, a, let's say a developer is doing a fantastic job and the client's super happy. How, how does the developer know that? <laughs> like what are what are the th what are the things that like without telling the guy or or girl that they're awesome every single day, like how how do you how do you make that happen? Well, I will tell them every single day that they're doing an awesome job because <laughs> it's the first thing you got to do. Because if they're making an awesome job, I'll be super happy, and I know the client will be super happy. But I usually spread the word because it's important to shed the light on people that are doing you know doing outstanding performance um so i will be sharing it with their teams i will be sharing it with their pod leaders we also do mm -hmm. have a main chat uh, slack channel where, where it's called shout out i will drop a message there as well uh, because it's important to celebrate those type these people it's important to celebrate anyone but for, especially for outstanding performance it's important to to you know share the love and share that happiness so yeah and Great. that motivates not only the person but it motivates the team as well because we're all celebrating this goal that we've all achieved together great yeah that's that's a tough that's a tough one because web development is such a you know it's not like you're painting a house or something it, it it's mm -hmm. such a delicate you know engineering process that is you know fraught with unknowns and and full of uh, unpredictable events so i think it's important to keep everyone motivated and positive and i have another question um how do you go about having a tough conversation with a client about an employee um about an employee okay I assume the person means if the employee is not working out. Um, let, so let's let's you know wh whether that's what I hope that's what they mean. But so on the other side of the coin, what what do you do when you're seeing that one of our resources is not working out properly? And I know this has happened to you in the past. So. Your energy's there, the client, all of our clients, by the way, they all start off with amazing attitudes. They start off with amazing spirit of collaboration. They all start off like that. Because mm -hmm. we're North Americans, right? Canadians, Americans, this is how we are. We're very, very positive, collaborative. It's really our relationship to ruin. Um, tough words, I know, but it's true. So what... What do you do when you actually see one of our resources not pulling his or her weight? Um, clients unaware, really. Um, they would eventually become aware. But what do you do as an account manager uh, when you're faced with a situation like that? Great question, by the way. If that's, if that's what you meant, fantastic question. Is that it from Ryko again? That's from Ryko. I like Ryko. It's got a weird uh, name, yeah, it is a great question. Um, so what do you do? 
So what do I do? Well, yeah. there's so many type take, of situations. I'm going to take notes because I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's all case by case. I I, I want to be really transparent here. It all you know every, every single situation is treated differently, um, and it's very delicate. It's very very delicate. So um, I believe our mission is to put you know the way that I'm you know interpreting this question is the way that we we assign developer to a project is we always try to find the best fit you know for any type of projects but sometimes we do make mistakes and we have to we have to own up own up to these mistakes so sometimes it's not necessarily the developer that's not doing a good job sometimes it's just it's just not the right fit for the projects so oh, okay you mean yeah. like the wrong programming language yeah, or technologies or, okay. you know, some type of like technologies that, you know, they're not necessarily comfortable with. Um, so in this case, you know, we will be kind of rearranging and make sure that this developer and we will be taught we, once that, you know, we have identified all of those problems and then we believe that the developer is not the right fit for the project. This is something that we will be discussing with the client. Um, and then we will find a replacement. If the developer is just not delivering, as you said, they're not putting their weight in. Well, this is kind of another tough one. We have. Um, let me let me ask you a question on the on the first one, please, before you go to the next scenario. So, um, does it is it something that's discovered very quickly or is it something that may take months um i know it's i just i guess just talk generally because i know every yeah. situation's different yeah but, but is it something quick that you say oh gosh it's like you know you're into day three or day four and you're like okay no this guy's not the right person for the job we got to switch him out yeah generally it's between between one and two weeks we we know oh, okay. yeah it's it's right. it's fairly quick yeah, because the thing is as well is that I'm not I'm not the one only deciding on this. I will be mm -hmm. talking to their pod leaders and I will be talking to other senior developers and I will be presenting them the situation. Look, I have dev A and project A, how and project one. So those are the, the difficulties that I'm facing. Is it normal? Do you do, do you think that I should be giving them a little bit longer? How do you know? And yeah. from those answers, this is where we will be making the decisions. And then in some situation as well, I will be talking to the developer to try to understand what the, their difficulties are too. Mm -hmm. um, because maybe they will come forward and say, no, I, I, I really can't do that. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, our devs, they just want to make our clients happy. That's, you know, they, yeah. they just want to do a good job. And then sometimes they're going to be like, they're going to have that, that developer ego where they're going to put their head down and they're like, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. And it's yeah. my role to actually raise a hand and be like, should we talk? A, a, do you have difficulty? Because remember, I'm here to, uh, to make sure that our developers are successful on their projects. Nice, nice. I think I want to clarify too that as a company, we credit the hours that that developer spent so in, in other words, if we if we allocate the wrong developer to a client's project, a couple weeks in, um, we discover that, no, this is not the right person. We have to put someone else in there. 
we credit fully those uh, those one or two weeks because it's only it's only fair, right? Yeah. Um, and I've uh, and sometimes the, the the person just you know like like you said it's the wrong it's the wrong project for them. A lot of times, especially on a on a proven developer, like you know some some of our our employees have been with us you know for years and years, so we know what they can do. So sometimes if they step into a project and they're not performing. It's just he's he or she's not the right fit for that specific project, and we just put them on on another project. But we definitely credit those hours. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And uh, what was the second one that you were going to talk about? You were going to talk about um, if the does the developer just doesn't put their weight in. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's another scenario where. You don't think it's a question of uh, technology, but more motivation? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's uh, completely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it all... and That's <laughs> when V gets mad. You oh, yeah. See she v gets angry. mad. <laughs> I've seen V angry. <laughs> um, those are tough, but you know what? This kind of just bounce back to our daily communications that we have with our devs. Those, this is also, this is very, it's for business, but it's also to align with them. You know, we need to know, you know, if a dev is going through something tough, cause we're all, we all have a personal life. So, you know, this is super important. And this is kind of where we, how we treat our, our, our people like family. It's important to, to, uh, to identify that, but if they're not pulling their weight in, we I will usually start by telling them what's up, <laughs> yeah. and then it's either you know they're gonna tell me something's wrong or they're gonna be like oh no everything's fine, but I don't usually you know it doesn't last a long time because uh, I don't tolerate it and mm. I want answers. I am pro efficiency. And if I see something's not working, well, we have to address it to the core. So okay. it's either, depending on the situation, it's either a HR situation. Um, and again, I will sometimes, depending on the situation, I will go talk to Pudley just, and then I will talk to HR. If we're still stuck, you know, I may come to you for guidance as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, any situation is, you know, addressed differently, but those are usually the paths that we'll, we will be taking. Okay, good to know. I, um, you reminded me of the beginning of, of the COVID, of the first COVID lockdown, which was, uh, March, let's say March, April in that first two months, I believe we let a few people go that were, were not able to cut it, uh, working from home independently. Uh, correct. Um, well, somehow the fact that we were all working from home, we were able to identify, um, yeah, people that were mm. not performing. Um, it okay. really, it really did shed the light on that, and we tried to make it work um, yeah. because this was not a moment that we wanted to let anyone go, and we pride ourselves you know <laughs> this is another reason how we treat our, our people like family we don't want to let anyone go so if you've gone through our interview process and you're working with us we'll try to make it work so with yeah. these 
couple of people, we try to make it work. But whatever things that we implemented to make it work didn't. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I guess, you know, it wasn't not, it was not necessarily the person's fault because they were used to working at the office every day. They were used to the, the collaboration part. But there was a few of them that could not handle the... Because they were performing yeah. and in the office. Yeah. Right? But sure. for whatever reason, maybe they were getting help from from their their colleague or, or who knows. But once, once we got into everyone's working remotely from home, there were a few that stood out um, in a negative way that we had to take action with. And it's funny, there was also, and I'm just thinking of this now, there was also a few that stood out in a super positive way. Yeah. Like, uh, it's almost as if that's what they needed to give them that boost. Yeah. And I remember there was one person, um, he's still with us, that before COVID was even a word, um, said, you know, guys, I'd like to work from home and, you know, it takes me an hour to get here and in traffic and then I get here and I'm stressed and then it takes me an hour to get home. And, and I remember I saying, well, you can't, you cannot work from home at, at this company. So too bad. <laughs> we told you that when you, hi when we hired you, yeah. but that's the person who actually, since they've been working from home, I went from here to here, like they're just killing it. And, um, you know, I, I when when the world opens up again, I don't think I want this person coming back to the office. <laughs> hey, that brings that brings me to a, a question I have for you. Um, what do you think is going to happen when uh, when things open up again? I have I have my opinion of 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 what I think simply PHP's office is going to look like. But what do you think? Do you feel you on a personal level, do you feel like you're gonna, you want to come back to the office full time? I will. This is this is probably breaking news to you. I will come it back is. to the office, yeah. but not full time. I'll be there like two or three days a week, but I'll okay. be working two days from home. I I believe same reason, just like traffic and like I have a you know everyone has their home office set up now, but it's super important for me because. I love, it's so much easier to just knock on your door and be like, hey, Tony, I have something to talk to you. How you doing? Yeah, and exactly. then so the same thing with the devs. There's a problem. We all brainstorm all together and just, you know, talking with the other people of management is a little bit easier when everyone is sitting next to one another. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what it's going to look like, I think a lot of people will pretty much do what I will do people I think people will have set days where they will be coming to the office and then we'll like on each day of the week you'll have diff a different uh, a different team you know you'll have some people that will come in on Monday and some other people that will be there on Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. so yeah that's I interesting yeah. I think um, this might be breaking news to you too um, I know for a fact that we will never go back to you mm -hmm. need to be in the office to work for Simply PHP. So mm -hmm. that's never going to happen again because mm -hmm. um, that's the way that it was before. You had to be in Montreal. You had to come to the office every day. So that will never, never happen again. Um, but I think it's really going to depend on, on what 
the Montreal resources mm-hmm. want to do, right? If you know, if we get you know twenty five people that say, "Hey, uh, well, I've been dying to come back to the office," uh, you know, I hate my husband, I want to get away from him. <laughs> you know, I so we'll adapt, right? So we'll keep yeah. the office at the size that it is, and we'll just go back to that. But if we have a majority of of our resources that don't necessarily want to come back, I could see us probably shrinking the office a little bit as you know as much as we're super happy here mm. um yeah so it's it's interesting it's gonna be interesting i like your i like your um your reasoning a little bit um you know a couple days a week get out of the house and you know get to see uh company owners and you know the controller and h r people that you know you know would would normally be here mm-hmm. um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i'm excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm excited too. Imagine I I just can't wait to be in a in a concert hall uh, at a venue or a sporting event and not have to worry about this uh mm-hmm. this horrible virus, you know. Um oh, we got another uh, another question. Um oh, there's one before uh before I get to Julian. Um how do you build a client relationship to be like family? You know what? That's kind of after this conversation. I think it's kind of it's easier for me to describe it. It's like you treat your clients as if you're going to be seeing them for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So, don't piss anyone off because you're gonna see them every morning. You know, like mm-hmm. don't piss anyone off because you'll see them uh, at at family events. You know, I think I think a lot of companies may dismiss clients and treat them badly because they say, you know what, we're never gonna. We're never going to see them again. So who gives a who gives a crap, right? So that's probably the best answer. And again, I'm sorry if I'm reading my phone. It's because Kyler's not here, so he's sending me the questions that are coming up. Um, how do you deal with opposing opinions of a solution? For example, a client wants to do something that, because of our experience, we know will fail, but they still want to do it. Great question. Great question from Julian. I'll give my quick opinion. Um, I, I think in the end, if it's a solution that you know, um, is not going to work, you need to refuse. That's, that's the way that I see it. Um, just because if you go along with it, you're kind of guilty of, um, leading someone off a cliff. For example, this is going to be a corny example, but if you're a Sherpa and you're climbing Mount Everest, everyone needs to follow you. Like you need to be open to other solutions, especially if they're cost-saving, time-saving. Um, but if you have a client behind you saying, "We need to go down that trail," but you know that down that trail is a cliff and you're all going to die, what would you do? You're going to say no. Mr. Client, I I respect you, but I'm not going down there because I've been here before. I've been climbing this mountain for 10 years. I know that that is not the right way to go. Oh, I want to go there anyway. I don't care. I'm paying. Well, that's when you involve V or myself, and then we have a conversation with the client, and we just refuse to do it. Uh, the client, in the end, will thank you. Um, so that that's a great question, and it probably comes up often. 
I don't know if it comes up often in a technical solution. Maybe it does because we have a lot of CTOs that are leading our, our resources as well, CTOs and CIOs. So, yeah, you definitely need to not just go along because you're told to go along. You need to make sure that you, because you are the expert, because guess what? <laughs> guess what? If you voice your opinion and the client still says to go forward and you do go forward over that cliff, you will be blamed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've seen it time and time again in the past 11 years. You will be blamed because you're gonna you're you're the one that's the expert. Yeah. What do you, that was a great question, by the way. V, do you have anything to add to that one? No, it's it, it's just it, yeah. If I can add, those conversations are tough. They are. Those very conversations tough. are tough. You say? Yeah, they're very very tough because yeah. sometimes, you know, our clients will be like, "I think this is the right way. I think this is the right way." They are tough, but we really have to hold our, hold our grounds. Um, but we we have to make it happen because, as you said, you know, we don't want to get. We have to keep this family relationship happy. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, yeah. Of course, you have to be open to other solutions. Yeah. Um, however, if you know something is going to end in disaster, then you can't just you know keep on going down the road because that that would be irresponsible you need to let me let me add another thing you need to convince the client that they're wrong <laughs> as bad yeah. as bad as that sounds you know you need to uh you know you need to make it happen mm -hmm. um so that was great oh i, I want to uh, you know another way to treat to treat a client like family is to be able to cost cut or be able to find easier cost-effective solutions even if it means that the company makes less money yeah and i had a great example of this while while you were on vacation with um because mm -hmm. while you were on vacation i kind of try to do your job a little bit um which consists of me just you know waiting for trouble <laughs> or waiting for fires which there was no fires by the way thank you very much um but yeah uh it, it's super important that, um, and what happened while you're on vacation is a client had uh, requested that our developers build, I think it was a video chat solution mm -hmm. that was, that th he was proposing us to build it from scratch, um, which would probably take um, several weeks, if not months of development. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, our actually Ryan had had called it out to me that there's an actual off-the-shelf solution that could be integrated into the client's website in a matter of uh, I think it was one or two days mm -hmm. of development. So now you're you're a, as a business owner or a manager, you're faced with the following: I get another couple months of guaranteed development work, so I can invoice. Or have a one or two day solution that I'm going to make obviously much less money, but mm -hmm. my clients' best interests are going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And we happen to be in a situation where we put clients first because we can, right? Now, if you're a, 
if you're a solo developer in your basement and you have no, you're a freelance developer and you have no client on the horizon, I'm pretty sure I know what solution you're going to take. You're going to spend a couple months building this custom solution. We propose the off-the-shelf one or two-day development solution to the client, mm -hmm. and he couldn't be happier. So mm -hmm. that's an example of treating a client like family because you got their back. Yeah, it's our duty of care. We we it's we have to, <laughs> especially knowing this. I would feel bad to, because I mean, with what the client needed, it just made more sense for them to go yeah. with the off-the-shelf solution. And I would feel yeah. bad to sell something when I know that something else exists. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to live with the guilt. So. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your character. That's yeah. your character. Uh, however, um, if you know you're a freelance developer that doesn't yes. have anything on the horizon and needs to feed his family or her family, yeah. it's you yeah. you might you might end up looking the other way and saying, Wow, this is what the client asked me to do, you know. But it's it's super important to to instill that in your staff as well. So the staff knows that there's no points for prolonging development. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. listen, we have we have people waiting to hire us, you know, so we're we're, you know, in that amazing position and I'm so grateful for it. We're in that amazing position to make the right decisions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it works well because we're nice people. <laughs> uh, we have one, I think we have time for one more question. Um, ooh, I don't know if this is going to be able to be answered, though. What's the most memorable client interaction, good or bad? What's the most memorable client interaction, good or bad? V, does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, quickly like this. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think it's because we, and I hate to sound really corny, because we please so many people so often, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to, uh, it's hard to pick one, but I guess... I guess for me, the most memorable interactions are the constant, hey, you guys are doing a great job. Because I'm human too, right? And so are you. I like, I like to come into work and get nice emails. I like to get nice calls, um, people complimenting our staff. Um, those, are, those are kind of the never-ending feel-good moments of, of working here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the worst parts are, are yeah, when, when clients are, when clients are not happy, when we're, when we're unable to, to please a client for whatever reason, or if the client has a platform that, you know, anything you touch breaks things and, you know, we, we inherited it and we're, and we're trying to fix it and we're trying to make it stable and, but it's just impossible, um, those are difficult, very, very difficult times because you feel for the you feel for the person. Um, yeah. I think my best moments are are with with employees or with with resources when we when we had an opportunity to you know call someone out or oh yeah give someone a gift or I remember we don't really do this anymore, 
but when we used to um, sponsor people from Central or South America um, to bring them in on work visas and help them with their citizenship uh, process, that those those are those are moments that uh, that definitely stay with me. Yeah, for with clients, for me, it's just after a massive launch, the release, and just like. <laughs> The big yeah. hit of dopamine is just, it's the yeah. best. Like the, the, the guys are so excited and the client is so excited. And sometimes, you know, months of work that has been invested um, into projects and we see that come to life. And then you hear them coming back months later and they're like, thank you. Yeah. They, those are my favorite moments. Um, yeah, memorable. Yeah, I like I like the dopamine comment because it is it is addictive to, to you know to to do a good job and to get great feedback from clients is um it's addictive you know it's yeah. it's so fun um, I think also it's 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 important to and I've learned this over the years how to react to the other part like how to react mm -hmm. to the negative yeah. um, that happens rarely but it does happen. Like, how are you going to react? Are you going to collaborate with that client to make it better? Are you going to just dismiss that client and say, well, you listen, 90% of my clients are happy. You're in that 10%, so you must be wrong. And it's, not, and, and it's, and it's no. It, no matter what, the client had a certain expectation, and it was up to you to either reinforce that expectation, change it, or don't take the project. Like, I, we, we refuse clients all the time. If someone calls with a crazy expectation and a crazy code base that, that is spaghetti code, um, we'll, we'll definitely walk away because we know for a fact that there's no pleasing some people. Um, so if you can't change their expectation, then you're really asking for trouble. You're looking for trouble. Yeah, and I think this is something that we haven't, you know, spoken enough in the last hour is collaboration you know mm -hmm. collaboration is the foundation collaboration and communication are the most important aspects of our work um and it's me with clients me with devs devs with clients those are the foundations of you know our success and yeah I think that this is a, a nice recipe for, for, for success, happiness, and treating our people like clients, everyone, like, like family, sorry. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's, that's a great way to end it. I, I couldn't think of a better way to end it. Treat your clients like family. Treat your employees like family. Um, because that, honestly, that's the only way to succeed in business. You cannot succeed in business if you don't please clients. And uh, to all my friends and family who have used our services over the past 11 years, I thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for trusting us. <laughs>